Trevor Gemma couldn't be here. Um, he met with a certain accident. But welcome to this week's episode of A Filthy Talk. Coming to you live from A Filthy Lot Studios in North Vancouver. Joining me today, as usual, we have Christopher Livingston. Hi, Chris. How are you? Yep. Nope. Nope. Okay. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Hi. Good. Yeah. Good. No, I am good. I am good. No, yes. we're here. We're having fun. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is a whole new thing right here. But this is working for me. I like it. Is it's that good. Confusing. It's, it's like a little confusing. I mean, you know, <laughs> just you know, maybe. Uh, Live it. No, the eyes kill it. No, it's gone. <laughs> Where? It moved. Yeah, it, it moved. moved. Oh. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, to my left, we have. Alain Williams, who you've met before on previous episodes with Trevor, um, who's a writer, performer here, yes? Yeah, I do those things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to Chris's right, we yeah. have Cheyenne Rouleau for the first time joining uh, A Filthy Talk. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to be here. It's lovely to have you. Such gorgeous company, my God. Thanks. Stop. Oh boy. No, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> Don't try to stop me. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. We're <laughs> off to a good start here today. It's a good Friday. It's a very good Friday. Oh. So, as per usual, let us start with what we're drinking. What are we drinking? What do you got going here? It's the Untangled from... It... I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> it's my first time. Uh, sadly, none, none of us drink cider too often. Yeah. So, this is, uh, this is definitely a new one. And I'm, I'm going to maybe call for a shout-out on this no, one. No, I got I you, I got you. You know? This is the Clipper Organic Untangled Cider. Yes. Bong, yeah. bong. It's good. It it's really good. good. It's crisp as fuck. Yeah, it is. I'm into it. It's a nice dry cider with a nice little bit of sweetness at the very end there. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It's, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I don't drink cider very often, so for me, that's, it, the fact that it's dry and not too oversweet and stuff like that, that's something that makes it... Really enjoyable. Yeah, very crushable. Refreshing. Very crushable. Crushable. <laughs> nice. Oh, no, no, that's mm. what we want. <laughs> what do you got going there? Because that is not a cider. No, um, I'm not a big fan of beers or ciders or anything like that. This is a cocktail. Um, I have a, a, a rum and liqueur, uh, which does me just fine. Um, I like to go with a high percentage of alcohol because... Le, le, sorry, what is it? A rum and what? Le croix. Okay, yeah. Word. Is that a problem? No. no. I was just curious. <laughs> it's the staring. Careful now. You know, we're going to have to... It's just getting excited over here. Oh, it's a little, oh I see. It's all. I'm um, fine. Yes. <laughs> what are you drinking? Are you also Yes, drinking? I am also drinking the Clipper Organic Untangled oh. Cider. Oh, boy. You remembered it's it. It's good. That's I how it. I remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how is that treating you? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> uh, and joining us once again, we have Ryan White. Hi. Uh, as our fact checker and chat liaison. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah something like that. Oh, good. Uh, that'll do. Oh. Nice. And what are you drinking, Ryan? Hey, Ryan. Uh, water, because I unfortunately have to drive home after this. But Oh, a teetotaler. Mm. Not my favorite, yeah. but they are Not part of society. everyone gets chauffeured home at the end of the shoot, Dragina. <laughs> so some of us have to drive our own vehicles and don't want to break the law. This is true, it's but fair. no, safety third. Mm. 
<laughs> so, um, thank you all for joining us. Yeah. Well, it was lovely. Uh, the reason that this particular panel has been assembled is today we're going to be talking about comedy. Uh, to my left and to the far right are people who are a part of a filthy lot's uh, comedic show, Make It Funny. So, please, explain to us Wow, uh, comedy. What? What? what explain what comedy. <laughs> All of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to okay. the bottom. How does that work? Uh, I, I don't quite understand. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's strokes. So it starts with being a broken person. Yeah, yeah. on the inside well, on and the inside, sometimes on the outside. And then uh, to get through that, uh, you make other people laugh, and then that makes you feel good, and uh, that's how comedy is created. It's all about dopamine hits. <laughs> Woo, baby! One at yeah. a time. Well, so that's a good question. <laughs> is it more about the person who's trying to get the laughs I versus uh, yeah, I the think, laughs themselves? I think it depends on the format, um, like what, whichever avenue you take to be a comedian, uh, or to be funny, or to get your laughs. Um, I don't I think it is a bit of an exchange. I think like some people think of it like uh, <laughs> some people think of it like uh, like uh, like um, I'm providing a service to the audience, while others think of it like I'm taking something from them, and then there is like this in between space that I. Think that I put myself in, where it's like I acknowledge that I get something out of it. Also, like it is a nice little ego boost to go, yeah, I am funny. But for the most part, uh, I think it's uh, I think of it as making other people's day. Yeah, and it, it certainly helps hide how sad I am. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think comedy is like a great equalizer. You know, you can, yeah. if you can laugh with someone, then you can relate to somebody. So I think yeah. it's a great. Yeah, yeah. You just—it bridges a lot of gaps. I feel. Huh? I tend to approach equalization as taking something away from someone. I mean, that's a definitely an approach. Yes. Yeah. If they're that's, taller, that's... just cut them off at the knee. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. That whatever. Is one way to go. Whatever works for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for you, not for me. Well, whatever you want. <laughs> well, maybe we should identify some of the types of comedy that is sit, sitting at this table right now, because. Yeah. You know, we got some a stand-up over here. Somebody who does a lot of sketch and yeah. and improv comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like theater trained. I started getting into comedy by writing like funny plays and stuff. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then branching the sketches. I do a lot of improv. I've done a little bit of stand-up, um, yeah. but I prefer like written like sketches or just straight up just balls to the wall, throwing it in the air improvisation. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you find that if you're Doing something that is scripted, mm -hmm. that that the moments of expectation from the audience and when they would react are off of yourself. Uh, yeah, it's it is different. Like, there's such a joy in doing live theater because you get what you want right away, right? Yeah. So you can tell if somebody likes it. You can tell if somebody doesn't like it. When you get that laugh, you're like, I'm the fucking best. Yeah. But <laughs> when you're doing it on camera, it's 
yeah, it's different. You just have to trust the material and trust yourself and trust the performers you're performing with. And sometimes you get the sound guy turning around because he's laughing. Yeah, I was going to say, you it. still get that crew, the crew laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, pretty I, good find, indicator. Yeah. I find that, like, uh, I have to be careful with that because of that exact same vibe. Like, the feeling of being on stage and trying out a joke that you wrote that day or wrote on the bus on the way over and then, like, trying it out and it gets a big laugh or it gets like a, a bigger laugh than you were expecting for a joke that you wrote five minutes ago. Um, like that is a thing that I have to untrain myself to chase after when I'm performing for camera. Right. So like, like I'll, I, I'll like, I'll, I'll adjust and go, oh, well the camera won't laugh, but like Ryan will or Tennis would will, right? Like, like, like that, that, oh, but, but that's not good because if they laugh, it wrecks a take, yeah. right? Like, so I have to untrain myself from being, being like, hey, hey, Nisha, come on. Like, and instead be like, okay, maybe I should uh, try playing to the camera a bit or playing to the, the, the other actors or, or the script or what have you. And that's... Oh. Go. No, no, I was just going to say, and that's a really interesting point, because for me, I am a, I do a lot of physical comedy. That's a, a big strength of mine. And so for me, on camera, uh, I find, I kind of find the reverse. Physical comedy works really well for me on camera, because there's a lot of nuance that can be played in that moment. Yeah. Whereas on stage, you have to make it so big that, like, for the people in the back, sometimes yeah. it feels like you're kind of maybe overdoing it a little bit. You're kind of like, I, I really had to sell that one in order to get it out there. And and it feels like I lose something in there a little bit. So. Well, it's all about finding the truth of the moment. Like, whatever yeah. you're doing. Like, I, I'm theater trained, and I've, yeah, I, most of my training is in theater. And it's, it needs to be bigger, but it still oh, yeah. needs to be honest. And I feel like the audience can smell right away when you're not being honest about it. That's fair. And in that way, it's a little bit harder. But then mm. the challenges with doing it on camera is that you have to be small and internal and still very, very honest, but enough so that the joke is there, right? And I feel yeah. like on camera, it's like so much about timing. Yeah. The people that are around you, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, think, yeah. Oh, sorry, please, go on. No, um, what I was curious about is when you're doing comedy in front of a live audience, are you doing it for yourself? Like, wh where is it that you receive pleasure? Behind the curtain. That's a no, sorry, wrong question. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, in the green. school, no. baby. Yeah. Hey, hey, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> no. Um, uh, from laughs. Like, I'm not having a good time until I get my first laugh. Yeah. I find. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking can it. Um, no, but, uh, but honestly, like, if I don't, like, I, you work really hard to try and craft a set and and um and you you have your your structure and your setup and your punchline your blah 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 and uh and you work to get to that punchline as quickly as possible or to or to let that build up be as as satisfying as possible so when you get that first punch and you, you get that first laugh um like that's that's when i'm like okay and i can i i ride the it's like the first hill and the roller coaster from yeah. me. So it's more of an exchange? Yeah. Like, I have to give them something to get that first laugh, but I need that first laugh in order for the rest of it. Like if you have away. someone tied up and you look into their eyes and they're terrified, but it's not quite getting you there, and then 
you, you pick up a weapon, and then you lift it, and then they scream. And you're like, okay, now, right? now we can have a time. Ah. <clears throat> This is different than I Sorry, thought it right, would be. Right, you your hand up. Uh, yeah, uh, question I guess mostly for Cheyenne, this is a question for me more so, um, is someone who's done a lot of improv and sketch comedy. Yeah. Um, how do you find the experience, like, because one thing that I found that we haven't done here that I've been really interested in trying is using improv as a tool to develop sketch ideas. Mm. And so like, how have you, have you used that kind of a process in the past for writing sketches or do you typically just sit down at a computer or a pen and paper or start writing or do you ever sort of like workshop ideas through improv and how does that process work? I 100% workshop ideas through improv. I write a lot with um, my best friend Katie Hoffman and uh, most of the stuff that we write, we have a show called Lady Parts which is like an ongoing sketch show that we do and most of what we write is we have an idea for something and then we're basically just trying to make the other person laugh as much as possible. And once we have that rhythm, then that's what we write down. Yeah. Um, so we're always trying to do that. And I think we've done that a little bit here with things that haven't been released yet, where uh, you have like an outline for something, and then if you allow that room for the performer to improvise within that character, that's when the fucking gold happens. That's when the magic happens. And so I think there's room for both. Like. There is a lot of me just staring at my computer or like on my phone at like three in the morning being like, that's a joke, um, <laughs> trying to write out a joke. But it really does come to life when you have other people read it and, yeah. and say it out loud. And it's so different when you have other people saying it. And, and I personally, that's why I love improv so much is I love collaborative comedy. Yeah. I think the energy that's created when you have a bunch of people working towards the same goal is when the funniest shit happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with that. Certainly, like, a lot of sketch ideas for me that come out, uh, come from riffing, which I, you know, essentially is sort of a verbal improv just between two people yeah. back and forth right away. Let's just see where we're going and how far we can take this. And it's the moment that it's like, if we're both laughing too hard about what we're saying, then I'm like, okay, there's, there's definitely something here. Let's start writing this down. Let's, Write it down, let's go with it. Do you find that... Um, sketches that come from um, like writing a joke or sketches that come from improv differ because my supposition is I think that like sketches that come from improv would probably be more character driven. Yeah. My experience, I've done a lot of improv too and my experience with improv is it's largely character based. You're just finding a character in a situation and like trying to organically arrive at like what that character would do in that situation and find the comedy in that. Whereas I think when you're writing a sketch, you're usually starting from the perspective of like, I have a joke that I'm trying to express and like what characters work with that joke. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a little bit of both. I feel like when you're a good sketch writer, you can have not even the idea of a joke in mind, but you have an idea of a character in a situation. Mm. And then whatever comes out of that comes out of that, right? Those are the rudiments of improv. Exactly. You're in a situation. But I know a lot of like very intellectual sketch writers. I'm not one of them. I mean, but you know, like there's 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 sketch writer or there's you know writers in general that need like quiet, dark, write the thing. The thing is word perfect. You don't stray from the thing. They have a timing set up in their mind. And then there's other people who do, yeah, like I have this this situation that I feel is funny or this character that I feel is funny 
and then you just sort of see how it goes. It's a funny statement to me. Like the idea that somebody writes, a th like, I don't know. And, and certainly you're right. There are people who write something and go, no, this is the joke. This is how this needs to happen, the timing it needs to happen in. Except for the fact that when you're performing it, you're like, oh, the timing is found. The, the, the comedy is in, the, it's all in how I bring that to life. So it's that kind of like, no, the timing is this, because this is just how it, it comes out. And that's what makes it work between whoever's doing the scene together and stuff yeah. like that. So it's, a, it's an interesting contradiction for me, so, that, yeah. that idea. We just did like a run of sketches that will be out soon and stuff. And, um, and uh, one of the ones that I was involved in that I got to like write and then follow through to the end and, and direct. And then now we're in, in the post and like editing phase. Yeah. That is uh, like the, the, the directing part of it and the post part of it, like, like the editing phase of it is the most interesting to me right now because it's the part that I understand the least of but that I feel like I can still apply those like instincts to of timing and of this and that. So I wrote something with plenty of room for people like Trevor, God rest his soul, to um to 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 kind of like uh, like kind of give him like room to play and kind of ad lib and 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 he certainly did and uh and it was a lot of fun and then like also like like you and like uh, other per uh, performers in it to kind of go like let let's take what's on the page and find what's funny but that but I also wrote it with timing in mind and like looking at it in the edit now now I have to find new timing to accommodate for what it is on the page and also what we got uh, on the day. Yeah. So like, I think, I think it is, it's a bit of like, um, it is, it's, you just have to be adaptable yeah. and trust in that, like, not, not even in what you have on the page, but trust in the, in the instinct that led to that, that led to that, that led See, to that. See, it's interesting, because you're right. I mean, yours was music-based, so that to me, obviously, when it comes to timing, becomes far more important. But, you know, because music is all about timing. Uh, but your point about, you know, you wrote something, you have timing in mind, you perform something, new timing is found, you cut something, new timing, timing is found. found. And they always say that in any project, there's really three projects. There's the one you write, the one you shoot, and the one you cut. And then yeah. <laughs> and that's when you end up with the final thing. Yeah. And it's so interesting, I think there's so much comedy to be had in the edit of anything, oh, which yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. Um, yeah, on our, on our show, Make It Funny, like there's so many jokes that can be had with the editor and the person that's handling all this fucking mishmash of footage that we do and all this like stupid shit that we say. Oh, there's yeah. comedy to be found in post, which I, I guess I've never really thought about before working here, yeah, which yeah. I think is yeah. so beautiful. It's a, it's like a new skill set. It's a new <laughs> thing to explore. Poor Alex. Oh, poor Alex. Yeah, okay, so so that's that's the thing that, that we do on Make It Funny all the time that I've I started and I'm like, this is going to be great. And then we had to like sit down and have a talk and go like, okay, but when is it comfortable for, for everyone? Is, is because it's a Zoom-based show where like, you and I and, 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 and uh, Abdul Aziz and, and Sean O'Hara are going to sit down and try and make jokes off of like bad t t topics. Like we're, we're in it for that. We're present for that. But I'm on a Zoom call and I see one other head that is in the Zoom call but isn't a part of the Zoom call. And one of my favorite fucking avenues of of comedy is we're working outside of the bounds mm. of of the structure and lo looking at the person in the back and being like hey 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 
hey, tennis wood, how you doing? You all right? I'm good. Good. Like, it's just like, <laughs> if, I, if I throw to the person who doesn't, who's behind the camera or isn't expecting to be, be there, and that's what, that's what Hey Alex is. And I love it, and he loves it sometimes, but hates it most of the time. <laughs> hey, Alex! You good? I'm good. All right. It's just fun to me. It's breaking, it's, it's, it's breaking the fourth wall, though. Exactly. It's super fun to do. Yeah. My, my show, my touring show, The After After Party, we do it all the time. So we're in a play that is happening, and you know we're living in the moment of what it is. We're two drunk girls in a park. We're lost. But then we have these weird breakout moments where we're fully talking to the audience. We're in the audience. We're, you know, we're... It's fun. It's fun to get everybody involved, and it's fun to know when that's not fun anymore. Also, yes, is that you know? something like you've 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 abducted abducted a victim, and oh you God. have them, and you've tied them up. Okay, honey. And 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 they're in your basement, but then you decide that you want to maybe uh, adopt more suffering. So you grab an additional person and bring them into it? Is that it's interesting say- that you've become a woman and now you're talking about every woman's nightmare as a <laughs> That's really interesting to me. I want you to just sit with that for a minute and see how that feels. Dude, it's it's kind of like that, but instead of abducting a new person, yeah. it'd be like torturing the cameraman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you, guys, you guys can feel free to run at any moment. That's, that's totally fine with us. Get out. The safe thing. They keep telling it's me. Ryan, you have something to yeah, say. Yeah, so to uh, switch gears slightly, a uh, question that came from the chat uh, way back um, <laughs> was uh, to Cheyenne and Alain, best slash worst sketch stand-up experiences, anything Ooh, like good stands question. out. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Time things went fully off the rails or when something amazing and unexpected happened. Oh, wow. That's, that's, you know what? Honestly, one of my best sketch experiences was just, we just shot in part of that series that we just shot where we got to have everybody improvise a lot in character. And I, I, you know, Jordan and I wrote that piece and we had like a loose idea of what it was. And then it, it fully changed when we shot it into something I think is super magical and yeah, there was so much improvisation, and that was one of the best. That's one of the best sketch experiences I've ever had. Nice. Yeah. yeah uh, I I have I have one of each. I'm gonna give you the positive one. I'm gonna give you the <laughs> best one because I would uh, prefer to keep it positive here. Although I will say the worst one also fucking hilarious. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so uh, one of my favorite experiences doing stand up came from when I had just started, or I had been in it for maybe like a year or two. So I started on Vancouver Island with um, a lot of people kind of started at once. There was like a weird like mini boom, like a pop, um, where uh, a bunch of young people and me, because I was older than everyone else, started at the same time. Uh, one of the people I came up with who still does uh, a stand-up now, because uh, I work here and I found a lot of, like, uh, a great deal of, of, like, comedic satisfaction and creative satisfaction, writing sketch and writing comedy and the narrative content for here. Um, so, like, my, 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 my stand-up attendance took a bit of a hit and then COVID happened and then now everyone's dead. But... Um, <laughs> 
but uh, when when it was g- going and, and going strong, one of the people I started with was a young man named uh, uh, Miles. My- um, um, Anderson, and he knew he was hot shit. He knew he was good. <laughs> so, so there was like this comedy competition, kind of like sh- not not a competition, a showcase. Yeah. And um, and and we we all signed up, and we all went in alphabetical order. So Miles Anderson, Alan Williams. I'm gonna be down pretty close to last, right? Uh, so so he went early. He fucking crushed. It was a full house, like like 200 people or something. Just like boom, 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 boom. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, it's great. Uh, he steps off and he's like, hey, Alan, you'll see what I when I what I did up there. And like. He's being cocky as a joke because he knows he can be with me, but it's not a joke because he knows he's good. And I'm going to be like, you piece of shit, to him as a joke because he's my homie and I know he's good. But also it isn't a joke because he's being a cocky piece of shit. It's this like (laughs) cyclical thing of like humor and honesty. Um, so I've lost interest because I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh Hang boy. on. I'll, oh I'll, get you I'll get you there. So this is one of the best comedy experiences I had. Uh, he said, you're not going to beat what I just did. I said, Miles Anderson, you piece of shit. I'm going to get three applause breaks in under five. Watch me, watch me, watch me. And he laughed and was like, ha! Ah! Uh, which is his way of saying, like, haha, I find that funny, but also no. <laughs> and so I was up there, I tell a joke, I get my first applause break, and I find him in the back of the room. <laughs> and I tell my second joke, and it gets a big applause break. And he's dying now <laughs> because as I'm holding the microphone, I have like two fingers out. <laughs> I make it look casual, but I'm counting. And I tell my last joke. I look him in the eye and I put up my third finger as I say the punchline and he died. And, and I, I, cause I knew I was going to do well with the audience. So that was all for him. And that was one of my favorites. So if he died, what did you use to kill him? Oh, humor. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I thought of my worst. I thought of my worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did, last year we did the after after party in Winnipeg. Uh, sh- shitty city. Um, <laughs> hate, yeah. I hate it. We just uh, lost to, Winnipeg. To all the I mean, you I know. There, Winnipeg. I still love you. You live there. You know. Like, I'm not saying anything you don't know. Why do um, you live there? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why do you live there? No. The nickname is Winterpeg. Why? Yeah. Why do you live in Winnipeg? So this was like one of the first times we had toured to a place where we didn't know a lot of people. And uh, we have a, a part in our show where we need to get uh, like a third person involved mm. who needs to be uh, wearing a bunny suit and rob us at gunpoint. Sure, of course, yeah. Watch the show, as you do. <laughs> as you do. And uh, we had someone do it and it was Fringe Festival so everyone gets just day drunk. Like everyone gets day drunk. And um, resemble that. Our our <laughs> our bunny got a little day. Our bunny got a little day drunk, and it's a very it's a very small theater. And there's like just one scene where they're supposed to come on. And they were, it's like halfway through like an hour show, and just from the moment we got on stage, the bunny was waiting in the wings, full bunny suit on, but the whole audience could see them. 
<laughs> and we're like, we don't know what to do because we can't get out of it and like tell them to go away. And then when it was their time to come on, they took one step on stage. The bunny head fell off. They went to grab it. They kind of stumbled and they grabbed it and then they ran off. And the thing that was supposed to happen, which was them robbing us, didn't happen, which we talk about for the rest of the show. So we were just like, we were like on stage trying to hold it together, but also like what just happened. And there was also a sea of just older folks. It was like an 11 a.m. show, and our show was like very raunchy, so they already didn't like us, <laughs> but it was like sold out, so we're like, whatever, we have your fucking money, who cares? <laughs> uh, it was just, and then we had to say like, like that bunny just robbed us, and like, but it didn't happen, so we had to like make up shit on the spot, and it I was just- I think that bunny was gonna rob us, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't happen, so we're all good. <laughs> it was so confusing for not only us and the bunny, but the whole audience, um, and we like walked out of the show, and we're like, should we do this we're 30 are we, should we keep going? Yeah. It was, it's an assessment moment yeah it was like a, like let's sit with ourselves for a minute. Like, what the fuck are we moment. doing with 100%. our lives oh my god uh, it was very funny though. ryan what's up another question for cheyenne just kind of a follow-on on the worst experience but uh, as an improviser have you ever played a show where you have more people on stage than are in the audience Oh. Oh. <laughs> I have. Uh, not, it's fucking awkward. Not as an improviser, not as an improviser, but I have as a like a s straight theater performer. Like just we were doing a, a show of Julius Caesar, and we had a cast of like twenty six, maybe. Oh God. And there was four people in the audience one day. I'd ask the question. The show must like, go. No, people yeah. I'll be honest. Zero people in the I audience. I feel like I feel like I've done that as a stand-up in 2020. Like it's <laughs> for sure. Like like pre pre like lockdown shit. But like <laughs> it's like I've done shows where there are only the comics in the back and like one <laughs> audience and the number. And I'm like, hey gang, can we like get you in the front at least? Like. Come on, and 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 honestly, once once everyone understands what kind of show it's gonna be, you just start having it. It gets fun again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. like it's a circle. Yeah. You you like realize that what you do for a living is stupid. And then <laughs> yeah. You come, yeah, it's pull, fine. You come it's around. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. Okay, I have a question. Um, two aspects to comedy here, which affect both of you. So one is women in comedy, mm -hmm. which is uh, certainly a more talked about topic these days and stuff like that. And, you know, it was something less seen in the past and we're seeing a lot more of it now. And, and I think that's amazing. And I would be curious to hear sort of your experiences yeah. as how that's come about. And same to you, not as a woman, but as... You know, but you have, uh, have uh, a stutter, and so this is something that obviously you have to kind of, um, I wouldn't say combat, but, but, but work with. And yeah, does, yeah, how yeah. Do you find that that is something that, that kind of, you know, yeah. was it a challenge, or does it work for you? Do you play with it? Like, these are... Yeah, sure. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, I started doing comedy out of, like, the rage of feminism that lives within me. Nice, nice. Like, that's really where it started. Like, we started doing... Um, I love rage. Yeah, yeah. It's, a big, no, it's a big motivator yeah, for me. But we started doing our show, The After After Party, which we've been doing for years now. Yeah. Um, because we weren't... Me and my friend Katie, we weren't getting cast in anything um, yeah. because there's so few roles for women in theater. And uh, there wasn't really room for funny women in theater. And... We thought about how radical and fun it would be to have two women that are not only like being raunchy and funny, but like are 
not taking themselves seriously, not not trying to be attractive in any way, which you don't really see, and yeah. just seeing how people would respond to that. And yeah. it's been a mix. Like we've, you know, we've sold out shows. We've got five stars from CBC. We've got like, so, you know, we've got so much good press. But then we also have like every time we do a show in a different city, we have a fucking complaint. Like right. every time, like these. <laughs> You're Women not doing are, it well if yeah, you're not getting a complaint. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. And then, then that evolved into Lady Parts, which is our sketch show, uh, which is we take people that we know in the acting community that never get a chance to be funny on camera because yeah. dudes always get a chance to be funny on camera and women never get it, especially young women. It's not a thing. Like, So we got those girls that we know and we love and we wrote comedy for them so that they can go nice. and perform it. Yeah. And But we've had, you know, we've had... It's been tremendous. We've had so much good, positive feedback, but we also get shitty questions like, oh, are you in com competition with The Lady Show, which is another super funny sketch show you should check out that happens in Vancouver. And we're like, no, there can be more than one show with women. Yeah. You know, like, fuck you. And also I'll say that when I say women, I mean anybody who identifies as a woman and trans women are women, and fuck you, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, uh, bang, bang. Just so, to say so that. So that's a really funny, uh, interesting topic. I'm going to drop the persona for a second. Uh, and, and the fact that, uh, yeah, there is far more opportunity for people to, like, the fact that drag exists, drag comes from originally vaudeville and minstrel shows, which was men playing women. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, women just weren't for whatever reason, allowed to perform. Allowed it's our smaller brains, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's that. I mean, shit. But, uh, but I mean... You get all flustered. Okay. That's There's a problem. Funny. But that's also us commenting on something from 80, 100 years ago. 100 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like or, the 80s. Yeah. Or, or the 80s. Or the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fucking, fucking 1920s was, was vaudeville. And, and, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Hi, yeah. Trevor here. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. We're all fluid here, baby. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing is that like, like looking at the history of drag and that that came from minstrel shows and vaudeville shows. Yeah. And that was a time when when it was all male. It was all male fucking performers. Yeah. yeah. Playing yeah. female performers. And that's what drag is. Drag is, is uh, dressed resembling a, a girl. Yeah. That's what D-R-A-G stands for. Uh, you know, for some reason, I actually never put that together. Yeah. I have no idea why I didn't, but damn. I learned that right. just now. Yeah. Oh, was, you were today years old. When you were this was yeah. a learning yeah. moment. But it's interesting. <laughs> and, and you know, it still happens. Like, I, I see casting calls, and I've been fucking blacklisted from theater companies for calling them out on it, but I see casting calls where they're like, oh, this is hilarious. This is this, this funny woman, particularly a fat woman. Uh, uh, character and it's super funny if a dude plays it so women aren't allowed to audition for it and I'm like hello hi funny fat girl here I could do it also yeah. like yeah. what's up with that yeah. uh, it's 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 strange but I think I think uh, fortunately we're in this beautiful place like I love the art of drag and I love yeah. I'm I'm queer and I love the culture of drag and I feel like everybody should be able to wear whatever the fuck they want and do whatever the fuck yes. they want one of, one of my favorite quotes is all clothing is is unisex if you just stop being such a little bitch about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 With Trevor. What? Who said that? It was a I meme. Think, I, it was. I, I saw it. Trevor did. Just now. And it was, it was literally like all clothing is. Yeah. It, it, it made me laugh. And I. But I. That's true. It was like shit. That's true. Just stop being such a little bitch about it. Yeah, know? but um, there's so many things that are funny about the feminine experience too, and like. 
I don't know. I think it's it's a, a place that has been so grossly underrepresented. Under, underrepresented. Wow. Yep. Under, you're doing well. I'm all right. No, you, you said that great. Yeah. yeah. You did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what was he saying? Good cider. Good <laughs> cider. <laughs> underrepresented. Yeah. yeah I'm proud of In part by none of y'all have Clipper organic. It's just. I'm fucked up. Like 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 I I. I think I think dick jokes are hilarious, and I think period jokes are hilarious. Damn and the right. fact that we Ooh. have heard more dick jokes than we've heard period jokes is a shame. Because yeah. periods are hilarious. <laughs> I have mine right now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I agree. I agree, and I think that I think you're getting there. We're we're at the beginning of getting there. Yeah. Like we're at the beginning of getting to a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. And and that evolves. Yeah. Like it really does. And it takes steps and it takes time. Like we're 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 the microwave generation where we expect everything in two fucking minutes I want my goddamn burrito. Oh, I yeah. think you're talking about how we stick our heads in microwaves, but that's just me. <laughs> that's just that's you. different. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. That's I didn't want to tell you, but that's but just we you. expect we, we expect <laughs> results right fucking now. Yeah. And and every situation that has popped up in in the mainstream in in recent times, it feels really. I I feel terrible dropping my persona at the moment. No. Like I was having fun, like hey, waiting. Hey. But I was like, you gotta talk, girl. Chime you gotta in, talk. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you and you cued me to, to to drop it, but it's at the same time, it's like you made a really interesting point earlier that made me sit here and like you guys were talking and I was thinking. Which was, oh yeah, you're adopting a, a, a female personage, and at the same time you're talking about like killing people and adopting them, which is like, <laughs> like like a, hu- a horrible fear of women more so than it is men, for sure. Yeah. Even though I definitely I have that fear, I shouldn't, because yeah. I walk around as like a bulldog, so no one's gonna be like, target the bulldog. Yeah, but, but like you don't walk around with your keys in your chest, you know? like I do. I have. Yep. I used to carry a knife all the time. Okay, That's it. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a bulldog with a knife. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a very dangerous bulldog. That's a dangerous bulldog. Um, oh, I forgot where I was going. Yeah. But, okay. uh, but you, you kicked me out of my, I was like, I'm going to stay in this persona. Um, and part of what I, was, I, what I wanted to talk about tonight was, was performer versus persona. Because mm-hmm. the fact that I'm in this, I had to incorporate how could you not? Uh, yeah, you're hot but, as fuck in that. Sorry? I'm sorry, I'm just saying that you're really hot. Oh, thank you. In drag. <laughs> I'm just saying. I appreciate I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Chris is flustered. I've known you for far too long. This whole thing is and just, this is just, fucking just very fucking confusing. me up. I'm going to have weird yeah. dreams tonight. <laughs> you know, so it's a weirdness. And Welcome to being bisexual. I don't know. Sleep understanding yourself, eh? Oh, okay. I feel like I feel like compared compared up. to the dreams I have, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I watch people die every night. But I, I, I wanted to point something out that uh, so so the the very character of Dragina Corpse, which uh, thank you, Brendan, for giving me that name because it just inspired me to like. Think of who the fuck this is. Uh, uh, very much inspired by Elvira, uh, which is a, a combination of combining comedy and horror and hypersexuality. And the fact that women, for the for the longest time, were basically kneecapped, and and the only way that they could access any kind of social acceptance in fame was embracing a hypersexuality mm-hmm. mm. um, and, and, or, or anything to do with their sexuality. And, and only recently, within the last, I don't know, 
I don't know how many years. It's all a blur. Fucking COVID. But uh, it, it's only been in, the, in, in recent times, and hopefully it lasts, that women have been able to be empowered to have any kind of narrative other than sexual. Mm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, it's so interesting. I went to theater school, and uh, there was a, a lot more women there were, than there were men at the, the theater school, and some non-binary folks and, and people. Uh, but the roles that we were cast in were always, like, very much on the binary, and it was like charming men that can say whatever they want, and the wife or the girlfriend, someone in relation to the man, never like their own character. And if they didn't fall into that like ingenue kind of look, then they were the old women that are a joke. And I played all old women in theater school. Like I, I have played, I have played on a TV on a TV show that aired a grandmother. <laughs> what? I am 30 years old. <laughs> okay, so... With any makeup? Uh, yeah, I sat in the makeup chair and they were like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with you? And I was like, I don't know. Give me like, jowls. Yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, there's, we have been put into this one category of like, uh, we are in relation to a man, we are something to a man, we're a romantic thing to a man, or if we're not that, we're like, we're crazy but hot. There's that whole thing and if you fall out of that, you get super fucked in acting. Yeah. And I've been super fucked for a long time. And finally now it's, it's changing and I'm allowed to do other things. But it's part of the reason that you know, I started doing my own writing is because I was like, I want to write roles for myself that I yeah. don't get to see. You know? That's interesting because you're right. I, I did a lot of, I've done a lot of theater myself. And I, uh, I'm just sitting here thinking back on all that theater and all the shows I did. And you're right. I mean, certainly performing a lot of sort of classical theater or even theater going up into the, the 50s, like the, the scripts being written in the 50s, they're just, yeah, it was all the women I can think of in all of those plays that I did, every single one of them was generally in reference to a man in yeah. one way or another. There wasn't, oh, definitely. Uh, and that, yeah. beyond the 50s, well beyond the 50s. Yeah. And, and not only that, but to, uh, to a certain point, only ever played by men. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like this. Yeah, well, and, and you know, like Shakespeare. Like, you, you, we, we, I mean, theater school got really fucking precious about all Shakespeare plays. And yeah. I honestly couldn't give a shit about Shakespeare. But oh, I can't, I, I don't really care anymore. I've, been, I've read enough that I'm just like, this is boring. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's a, uh, right. the, the men played the female characters. Like, it was, like, you weren't allowed to be on stage if, if you were a woman. And it's just, I don't know, I... It's wild. It's it's a wild thing. It's fifty percent of the population. I just don't get it. So this is uh, 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 everything we've been talking about aside. This the the like you you kind of brushed over Shakespeare, and do you find no value in Shakespeare? No, I don't. It's no, I don't find no value in Shakespeare. I think there's some great plays and some great things and beautiful storylines, and he invented a bunch of words and shit. Maybe, but like, might have stolen it. We're not. Yeah, sure. whatever. But I just I don't I I think that. Theater, the theater community holds on to him like he's like some kind of no, god. That's true. No, and I, I think it's I think it's bullshit because if you look at the roles for women in, in Shakespeare, they suck and theater oh, school yeah. perpetuates constantly putting these these plays up and constantly putting these roles on stage and it just perpetuates a cycle of being shitty to women. That's it's like it. nine inch in the nails. Great band, terrible fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean that that applies to so many things beyond nine inch nails. Like that applies to yeah, the Catholic Church. Oh, man. I, I think we got away from you asked Alana a question. And I feel well. like I Okay, I no, 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 no. That's that's fine because I I don't I don't have as much to say 
about being like a, a, a comic with a stutter as you do uh, about being like a comic who's a, a, a woman, but it's gonna take me about as long. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, oh shit. That just, you. that just sparked a very, a very interesting thing. Is that, okay, so we've adopted a, uh, uh, oh, man. a rationality. We, we, all, we all love the fuck out of you. And we all know you have a stutter. And we all wait for you to finish what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So do you come across a problem where you, where, where people step on you? Where people, when, when you start to stutter, that people try to finish your sentence? So or, I think, yes, I certainly do have that. Perceiving it as a problem is dependent on person to person. Sure. I think, um, cause like, uh, I am a performer, so I know what I'm gonna say. It's just gonna take me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but it's, if people, it's almost always worth it. Yeah. I love the almost, because sometimes for sure it's fucking not worth it. Sometimes for sure it's not. 100%. It's just not, it's not fucking worth it. It's like, it. man, but man almost, yo, always. I finished my cigarette a minute ago and I stood here for you. No, no, no. Uh, uh, yeah, I got two things to say about this. One of them is, is that oh, almost God. always you'll start to stutter on a thing where I go, he's I know what he's going to say. Yeah. I should finish his sentence. No, I shouldn't finish his sentence. Like, there's a really rapid yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that goes through my um, brain. And then there's, there's one time where you started to stutter, and this fucked me up hard. Like, for a long time, I was like, I, I don't understand what's happening in the world. Because you, you started to stutter, and you couldn't get there, and then you just said, you literally said, Fuck it, and said something. <laughs> and I walked away. Yeah. yeah, no, you didn't walk away. You said fuck it, and you found a different way to say the yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, here's the here's and that the blew secret. My fucking mind. Here's the secret. I'm not a lagging computer. I'm also fucking here. I'm here the whole time too. I don't black out and come back. I'm here the whole goddamn time. Like yo, like yeah, like I also hear it. Like when I, I'm not gonna repeat it here because it's a joke. When I first started stand up, oh, I man. found myself telling jokes about what a, a, a stutter is and and having to explain what that is. And and one of the things I do explain is that like no, I'm also here. Like I hear it. Like I'll be like buh, 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 and then up here I'm like okay, <laughs> right? Like so like yeah, it definitely is is a thing and i get to fuck with people and say a different thing or switch it up and go like like i get to do that yeah i have a great time because i feel like there's been times you have done a good time i think i think the um sorry i was just gonna ask are you familiar with the work of drew lynch yes yes yeah yeah um and it comes back to something that cheyenne was saying like i think that there's been a bit of a switch in culture where we're starting to like embrace more a broader spectrum of lived experience and like I think a big part of the reason that there's a lot more acceptance these days than there has historically been nowhere near enough as of yet of like women comedians is that like for a long time I think people were resistant to like thinking about the lived experiences of like women 
Like, you know, men didn't want to hear about periods or, you know, being scared of being raped or any of that kind of stuff. Wait, like, women live their own lives? We didn't want to hear what? about it. We didn't think of women oh as God. people for what? whatever yeah. reason. And now there's a much more greater degree of acceptance of that stuff. And so we're starting to be able to find the comedy in it more. Totally. And I think we're starting to see comedians now not seeing, you know, uh, disabilities or, um, you know, things that they have about themselves as like weaknesses, but opportunities for comedy more so. And you see dudes like Drew Lynch, who's fucking killing it on YouTube. He's got two and a half million subs. He's got hundred million lifetime views. Dude is blowing up and he leans into it. Like yeah. he's not ashamed about it. This is who I am. This is where I come from. This is what's funny about me. This is where I can discover comedy. I but think, I think in relation to Stand up, as as you kind of asked, it was um, all of my like all the stand ups that I'm a fan of, or not just, but like uh, uh, comedians in general to talk about what they want to talk about. I knew it was something I wanted to talk about, so I have written jokes about it. I do have time, plenty of time, on it. Um, what kind of threw me for a loop was having to figure out and having to understand when to talk about it and that I probably would have to talk about it as quickly as possible in order to give the audience permission to laugh along with me. Because I've had it the whole time. I know why I find it funny. Um, but, uh, but, but the audience doesn't know if I'm putting on a, a, a persona or playing a bit or like, is this offensive? Is this okay? Is this right? Is this wrong? Is he, is this a joke even? Like, like I don't know what's, what's happening. So like the advice I got and the learned experience that I got on stage was talk about it up front, get it out of the way. And then like, it, it became like a practice for me to write the quickest possible joke about it if I had if I'm at an open mic and only have like three minutes or, or five minutes up, and I'm like, no, I've written five minutes worth of jokes and I can only do four and a half of it because I have to do this joke about to give you permission to, be, to walk at my pace. And, and, and that's another thing that I've had to adapt to is, is like if someone goes on stage uh, ahead of me and they're like a mile a minute, like, like quick, 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 boom, 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 boom. I have to, I go on stage and I talk slow. So I bring them down and Smart. then I can bring them up at my pace instead yeah. of trying to keep up with that, someone. That's just strategy. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so something I wanted to talk about Hi everyone, it's Trevor Gemma. Is it? Uh, are, are you sure? <laughs> Can I speak I'm, to Trevor now? I'm Tina yeah. Gorps. Uh, oh yeah. So, oh. losing it. I want to. Tina Gorps? I don't like the word Gorps. gorps. For some reason. I don't like that. that word. I don't like that. Uh, like I don't like it. So I want to. I want to yeah. talk about. You find uh, it on Wish.com. Uh, Sorry, what? <laughs> the kind of food I'd find like wrapped in cellophane on wish.com or something. <laughs> you know? It's just terrible. Anyway. I don't know whether to feel insulted by that or whatever. Just, but, just uh, it's fine. You're great. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, so performer versus persona. Yeah. So I don't know how this represents. I mean, if most of yours is improv and, and uh, your experience is yeah. improv and sketch. Uh, then those are all definitely characteristics that aren't necessarily you trying to say, hi, this is me. 
um, versus a, 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 a stand-up persona, which is like creating something that has to kind of maintain a characteristic as it goes through different setups. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I was just gonna say, like, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> my character in the after after party has like followed me, so people think I play like a drunk teenager in the park that's like done a bunch of drugs and we like snort Ritalin to go into a time warp. You should watch it. Snort um, Ritalin. But, Sorry, what was that mean? <laughs> no, 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 keep going. So, so like, oh. it's, it's a very like wild it's child surreal. character. And it's, it's funny because it is very representative of a, a time in my life, but it isn't, I like go to bed at like 10 now. But I feel like after, <laughs> I'm very, I'm an old lady. Judging. <laughs> Fully judging. I, I don't care. Um, it's also who I am. Awesome. Yeah, it's who I am. I'm a homebody. And, but people think that, uh, like, especially after we do a show, people think that's who I am now. Like, they're like, yeah, let's go, like, do drugs. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go home to my dog, though. Like, I'm yeah. not. Yeah. So it's, it is interesting, especially on fringes, on, like, the fringe circuit, because uh, it is, like, a very party atmosphere, and, and you're, you're with a bunch of artists that travel all the time, so there's a lot of partying and stuff. And I'm like, I just, I honestly, like, would love to go home and have a bath uh, after yeah, a show. Yeah, but people yeah, think yeah. I want to party, so it's, it's this interesting, like, persona that has followed me. Yeah. Um, which, I, like, I'm not mad at. It's just a thing that's happened. That's fair. I think that's a higher risk for what you do compared to what I do. Mm. Like, that is, like, definitely, like, I don't, I don't exhibit someone who is that much more than what I am in real life. So is there, is there any delineation between Alain Williams' stand-up artist versus Alain Williams' person? Um, I think the major difference is, like, this person offstage doesn't mind if this is a conversation where the person on stage, like... Uh, wants you to shut the fuck up in the audience. Like, <laughs> like, like, that's it. Like, uh, well, that's minor. That, no, no, that, no, no. That, like, really I, I, I'll say this. Like, I've played with it quite a bit when I first started and landed on, well, just be me. But then also, like, well, what does that mean? Because I can be a lot of things. Yeah. Um, uh, I can be a lot. I can be quiet. I can be fast and loud. I can be slow and still. Um, there were times when I was playing with, like, like, because I'm dealing, um, in Canada, I'm dealing with mostly white audiences. I'm black. They have- What? They have, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, like, like what, but what that means is that the audience has a preconception of what that means. I've been on shows where I walk on stage and I hear uh, people in the front go, this is gonna be good. And I'm like, what? I want to know what you mean I'm sorry, by that. I'm getting, yeah, yeah. I want to know what they mean by <laughs> so that. So do I, right? What the but, fuck? but, but, like, it's, it's, you're walking around. It, it's really not. It's, yeah, it's not. I'm, I'm it's new. not. I'm talking about comic books the whole time. <laughs> yeah, bish. Yeah. Um, but, like, but, yeah, uh, no, like, you yeah, fuck it. Exactly. But, but then also, I have the right and the room to play with that. So I've, like, code switched on stage, depending on the joke I'm telling. Like, some, some, sometimes I'm like, uh, I think I'm about to get a, 
a little blacker. Like it's it's, it's like the, the, because there are different ways I talk to my groups of friends over here, over here, over here, compared to how I talk Ooh. to an audience. And and I feel like the tone of the tone of the joke or the tone of the show affects how I how I go. And I I, I like to think of myself as somewhat versatile. In do that. you judge that mm. in the moment? Like, do you judge that in the, the back and forth from the audience? It's an, it's an instinct that I use that I use in the moment off stage, so I don't see why I wouldn't do it on stage. I think like some, some, sometimes I look, I look like out, out the curtain like ahead of time and, or, or I listen to how the audience is reacting to the host to figure out like what, what kind of approach I'm, I'm gonna take? Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, they're they're older, so like I don't know if I should be like, what? Like like I I, I shouldn't go like too too ham on them. Um, and then and then and then also like there's that space of like sometimes I want to be it, sometimes I want to subvert. Sometimes like it's I just, at the end of the day I, I just, I'm just myself, and because I can be a lot of things, I do what I want. So when That's you fair. do that, when you switch it up based on whatever criteria yeah yeah if you're like i'm gonna do this because they're this do you are, are you gathering data like are you just gathering data to refine your performance if i'm i think every good comedian in any in any field like any format should be right like if you're if you're if you're writing, if you're writing a show and episode one comes out and you're working on episode five and they say like we like this, like you at least have that information. You don't have to act on it. You can still yeah. do what you want, but you still have that info. I'm just getting that feedback in real time. Yeah, I was about to ask yeah. you how that would apply to someone who's doing sketch comedy. Yeah, well, I think like, it, I think it's just a um, like feeling out your audience and also comedy is subjective, right? So totally. You write something and you're like, this is the best joke I've ever written in my life. And then it bombs and you're like, huh. Never mind. What does that say about <laughs> me? Right? Like, so you, you have to adjust to that at all times. And it's not, and it, I don't think, I, I wanna, think bad oh, comedians I, are dishonest I, and like are, are playing, I personally think the, the worst kind of comedians are the comedians that are just doing it solely for the audience and aren't doing it from a dishonest place. Everything that you can have, a good comedian has a million tricks up their sleeve, a million different um, styles and ways to do things, right? And they're all from an honest place. Mm. Uh, and it's, it's only when you get into being dishonest or trying to prove yourself too much that you, I think you become a shittier comedian. Yes. Do yeah. you, so th th there was something you just said that made me go, whoa, shit. I've done that a lot to you it, this it, episode. Hey? <laughs> That's great. Hey, That's the breaking fucking, minds thank here. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is, oh, when the audience doesn't react, do you take that personally and 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 make you? Does it make you like I mean, inflect? It's well, it's. I mean, it, it's situation to situation, right? So, I know that if I'm going to go do my set about my abortion on you know to a bunch of older people, I know that there's going to be some people that don't like that topic, oh, and that's okay. That's fine. But that's subject. Versus but that's subject, like, yeah. Um, if you have a material that's more... Uh, I mean, abortions are very hot topic. Yeah. Uh, controversial, like... You're, if it's something that you think is going to hit and it doesn't hit. Um, yeah. 
I mean, like you. I mean, we're all made of ego. Like, of course, you're like, "Fuck, I suck." I mean, it's part of being a comedian is just constantly being like, "I'm the worst person in the world." Um, but I think, I think you can only you 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 get that out of you pretty early on in your career. Like, you get the that that kind of judgment and that kind of um, uh, taking everything to heart early on in your career because. You know, as an actor, as a comedian, you have to just keep going and trying to be honest and be yourself in the moment. You're just selling yourself, you're who you are, and you, you can't really change that, right? Mm. So I feel like you can only you can only take that to heart so much before you stop doing comedy. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. That's a good that's point. Very fair. Um, do, do, do you find that in 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 stand-up where you? Get um, the same I I know that I'm trying things out. And I know what, if I try something enough that works and then it doesn't work one time, I'm fine. Um, but if I'm trying something one new. Time? No, no, no. If, if I try something out that works a bunch of times and then it doesn't work the 10th time, I know that that's a situational oh. thing. I have to zoom out and look well, at it. You travel around, right? Like... No, I'm not a traveling comic. I, there are a lot of people oh. that are, but like I've been places and done comedy slightly outside of my comfort zone but I've never I've never been like really on the road type shit oh. but like but yeah but there's there's like it's you're you you just try things out and see what works uh, but you know you collect what works and you keep sharpening it and and honing it and then if something that you know works doesn't work there are tricks and safety nets and shit uh, the comedian Dion Cole who's one of my uh, favorites like absolute favorites he was a writer on 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 conan he's a stand-up he's on a lot of the blackish shows and things like that um he um he used to do a thing very like early on where he would have a pen and a pad on stage with him he knew his jokes so he didn't read his jokes there was nothing written on the on the pad itself but at the end of every joke he would watch the the audience and then just scratch a line. Oh. <laughs> and, and whether the joke worked or not, he did that bit and it worked. I think it felt kind of like a safety net, so he de definitely doesn't do it so much now, but, like, but for sure, it's, like, it's just one of those little things you can go, oh yeah, cool. If it didn't work, but his jokes were good, so they always worked, and he still did that bit. Nice. And there's also to be said, like, there, you're going to stumble as a comedian. Comedians have to be on top of everything that's happening in the world, what the climate is. Like, you have to be on top of a lot of things, and, and comedy doesn't always age well. And, and, Yo, you know, and you say things that suck sometimes, and you have to just be able to, be, to listen to your audience and say, like, oh, I didn't realize that sucked. It didn't suck in my head. Thank you, and move on and do better yeah. next time. Well, so, I will say... It's, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, comedy comes from a place of... Uh, of nakedness is the best way I can think of this. Yeah. You know, like you have to be basically be able to just tear yourself down, be ugly, be weird, be whatever. You can't, the ego has to be checked at the door because I think if you're sitting there going, I have to both look good and be funny, you're going mean, to uh, have a problem. Have you met me? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, aside from Cheyenne here, uh, I would say <laughs> that, I, I would say though, but there's, you have to be able to, to bear yourself a little it's bit. Totally true. And, yeah. and that is where a lot of comedy comes from. However, we do have to wrap we, this up. I we knew are, it would happen. I knew it would happen. Before we like, do yeah, that, yeah. I do want to say one thing. Right here, this is for Baking's a Drag coming up. This is for a, a couple of episodes down. And the next episode, you'll be seeing Ellen Williams here, who uh, 
you know, look at this and just picture it there. I mean, okay. I make it's it look better, but <laughs> I think it was a little <laughs> bit more simple. I didn't. Oh. In all honesty, I gotta give you credit. I didn't even make it to Filthy Talk on my episode. I was way <laughs> too drunk. I made, I made it yeah, to the we floor, all remember. and that was about as far as I got. But uh, I just, you know, just so you know, keep an eye out for that. That's going to be upcoming. It's yeah. going to be fantastic. That was a really fun day today watching that be filmed. Yeah, so I, I really uh, wanted to get into some stuff that was more about because, like, I cr I came I I came up with this persona that was based on Elvira, who was very much part of a a horror. Oh, I'm not sleeping ever again. <laughs> Never happening. Well, and that's better. where Dragoon yeah. Corpse comes from. <laughs> but. I didn't get into that conversation because we had a lot to say. So we'll thank just you have guys. us on next episode. We'll and, there, and there should be a full drag episode. I think I there's like a I full mean, we on. We did. Like, we we yeah, did that. Again, keep, keep it coming. We'll Bring do it again. There's more we'll to talk about. Yeah. Sorry, so, one last thing. I got, I, go quick. I got a quick pitch before we end the show. It's a, a travel series where we send Alan around small towns of British Columbia, and he has to do a comedy show and a weird job in each place. You know I'm black, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, just checking, just checking. Ooh. Who did that come from? Okay. Shifty <laughs> Thank you for the suggestion. And duly noted. Uh, however, thank you for joining us. I'm Eugenia Corpse, and I'm Trevor Gemma. And uh, that would have played better if we got into what I was going to talk about. But we didn't. Uh, so tune in next time. Uh, stay tuned for lots of stuff coming up, up on the channel. Uh, I think we have, wait, no, that was last weekend. And there's stuff coming. There's tons of stuff coming. I'm drunk. Part about baking the drag is you get drunk as fuck. Yeah. So uh, we did it, and I'm I am hammered, and I'll I, help you. I'll help you. We, I think I'm doing we got okay. more. We got more baking to drag on the way. We, we got we got more oh, oh, baking to drag on the way. We got more make it funny on the way. Uh, next episode is Dino, Dino Archie. Archie. Oh, the god! Oh, it's gonna be is the best. I think that might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's soon. So, so anyway, thank you. Wait. Thank you for joining us. Oh. There we go. And never again. Next Friday, every Friday, live from the Filthy Lot Studios for a filthy time. I'm Jugina Corpse. <laughs> and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Stay filthy. <laughs>